Good morning. On edge, security being stepped up at the Supreme Court as protests grow over that leaked draft opinion suggesting Roe versus Wade could soon be overturned. We are live in Washington with where the battle dividing the nation goes from here. Unfathomable. The U.S. reaches one million COVID deaths, a grim milestone in the pandemic once unthinkable. And the virus surging yet again. This morning, the hot spots from coast to coast giving health officials new concerns. Too close for comfort. Dramatic moments as severe weather hammers the south. A driver in Oklahoma swerving to avoid popping power lines while a powerful tornado bears down. One of the eight reported across the region just ahead the damage left in the wake and today's ongoing threat. Al's tracking it all. Cracking down, the Federal Reserve gets tough on inflation with the biggest interest rate hike in 22 years. What you need to know about that and the impact of shrinkflation, why some companies are now giving you less but charging you the same. Those stories plus unfortunate and unsettling. Dave Chappelle weighs in on that alarming onstage attack during his comedy show. New video showing the moment he was tackled. Make some noise for hip hop history. This morning, what we're learning now about the suspect. How did he manage to slip this weapon past security? And what an entrance. Tom Cruise flies a helicopter to the world premiere of his new Top Gun movie overnight, touching down on the deck of an aircraft carrier. The arrival that will take your breath away. Today, Thursday, May 5th, 2022. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Well, good morning, good morning. Good to see you on this Thursday morning. Thanks for joining us. Did Tom Cruise just do that? Did he seriously do that? I have to that? say it was pretty studly. Hey, yeah. <laughs> he's got a need for speed. Yeah. Now he's got a pilot's license. Man, I mean, the guy can make an entrance. Uh, wow. For Top Gun 2, which mm -hmm. is coming out soon. We've been waiting for that one. We look forward to talking about that. We do have a busy uh, morning this Thursday, including those severe storms that tore through parts of Texas and Oklahoma causing extensive damage. And by the way, more on the way today, 20 million people at risk across the country. Al is back here in Studio 1A tracking it all. I also had this morning that stunning toll in this country's battle with COVID. According to our NBC News count, deaths of people who have had the virus have just crossed the 1 million mark. That news coming amid a rise in hospitalizations in some parts of the country. We're going to have the latest straight ahead. But we do begin with the growing fallout from the leaked Supreme Court draft that would overturn Roe versus Wade. With a divided nation waiting the final decision, the battle over abortion is already raging. Restrictive bills pending in 40 states this year. NBC's chief White House correspondent Peter Alexander has the very latest. Hey, Peter, good morning. Hoda, good morning. That explosive leaked draft opinion has ignited emotions across this country, sparking those new security concerns, leading law enforcement to fortify the perimeter outside the Supreme Court, putting up a new eight-foot fence, just like the one they put up following the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Overnight, this new non-scalable fencing being installed around the Supreme Court after heated clashes in recent days on the steps of the court and nationwide between Americans on both sides of the abortion battle. My body, my choice! Pro-life is 
the question this morning, what happens next if the Supreme Court follows through on its leaked draft opinion that overturns Roe v. Wade? President Biden slamming the draft. This is about a lot more than abortion. Warning the conservative court could unravel other privacy rights like same-sex marriage and contraception and taking aim at former President Trump's MAGA movement. Because this MAGA crowd is really the most extreme political organization that's existed in American history, in recent American history. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi slamming the draft as an assault on women. Did violence not only to women, but to the Constitution of the United States. But Republicans like Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida are taking a wait-and-see approach, largely focusing on the leak. You know, you can leak stuff out of a court, which was really unprecedented, uh, but let's see when you actually have something rendered. Overturning Roe would not outlaw abortion, but would leave it up to state legislatures to decide whether there should be restrictions. North Dakota is among the 13 states with so-called trigger laws that would ban abortion with exceptions for the health of the mother if Roe is overturned. It means lights out in North Dakota. Abortion rights opponents say it will be the moment they've worked toward for 50 years. It looks like we may have an opportunity to build consensus and pass laws to save lives all over the country. It's already heating up as a crucial issue heading into this fall's midterms with Democrats looking to capitalize, but Republicans insisting it won't matter in November. We're going to win in 2022 uh, and Roe v. Wade is not going to change the outcome. And Peter, this uh, this draft ruling has prompted Democrats to think of other strategies to try and help protect abortion rights. What do they have in mind? Yeah, Huda, that's right. Senate Democrats right now are on track to hold a vote next week that would guarantee abortion rights nationwide, even though they don't have the votes and it is doomed to fail. But their goal here is to try to force every senator to put their position on this issue on the record. And with Democrats fearing that they're poised to lose control of the House and Senate this fall, I spoke to a top Biden advisor who says that they are hoping this threat to abortion rights right now serves as a call to action that will re-energize their base. Hoda. All right. Peter Alexander, Forrester at the White House. Peter, thank you. Also this morning, we have sobering news tied to the pandemic. According to an NBC News tally, the U.S. has now surpassed one million COVID deaths. And it comes as some pockets of the country battle yet another surge of the virus. NBC national correspondent Gabe Gutierrez joins us with details. Hi, Gabe. Good morning. Savannah, good morning. I remember you interviewing a White House official back in March of 2020 who said that we could expect about 100 to 200,000 deaths if we did everything right right. Well, now here we are, one million deaths and counting. It's perhaps the grimmest milestone of the pandemic. At least one million COVID deaths in the U.S., according to an official NBC News count. That number is devastating, but in the modern context, a million deaths in a very advanced country is unthinkable. Dr. Umesh Gidwani with Mount Sinai Hospital was on the front lines in New York City, one of the earliest epicenters of the pandemic. It's very hard to lose a patient that you've been fighting for. His cardiac ICU was converted into a full-time COVID unit. Back in March of 2020, what was the worst case scenario back then? When we started off, we were completely completely unaware. We were mm -hmm. caught unawares and we were not very clear about where this was going. Dr. Angela Chen diagnosed the first confirmed COVID case in New York. What I replay and recount is 
you know, the patients that I've encountered with COVID and, and kind of being with them in their final days. Here in New York, new COVID hospitalizations are on the rise again, topping 2,000 for the first time since late February. There are also concerns of a possible fifth or sixth wave in some parts of the country. California cases are up 10% over the last week. But one million is much more than just a number for so many Americans. Lisa Wilson in Palm Beach County, Florida, lost her grandmother Lily May to COVID last summer. It was so terrifying. Um, my aunt called me one Sunday morning, I think, and, and she said something is wrong with her. She was uh, laid across the bed and she was like gasping for air. She was gasping for air. In all, six relatives claimed by COVID. It was very, very hard. Um, everyone was just confused about the whole situation. We love you. So heartbreaking. She says all six of her relatives who died were unvaccinated. And to give you a sense of just how large a COVID death toll is, one million is double the population of the entire city of Atlanta. And guys, for more context, the 1918 flu pandemic killed about 675,000 people in the U.S making COVID the deadliest pandemic in American history. Savannah. So important to stop and pause and consider the toll, Gabe. Thank you. Meantime, overnight heavy fighting has intensified in Ukraine as forces from the war-torn nation clashed with Russian troops. New details are coming to light on the troubling toll of Vladimir Putin's invasion. NBC's Aaron McLaughlin joins us now with the very latest. Hey, Aaron. good morning. Good morning, Hoda. A senior U.S. defense official says Russia's progress on the battlefield has been slow and uneven. This as more Western weapons arrive here in Ukraine every day. This morning, American supplied howitzers are now a part of the fight in Ukraine. A senior U.S. defense official telling NBC News 90% of the howitzers promised are now in Ukrainian hands, with some already being used on the battlefield. The flow into the region continues. Um, at an incredible pace. A U.S. congressman also telling NBC News Ukraine is now asking the Biden administration for anti-ship missiles to free up vital ports along the Black Sea. This despite a fresh warning from the Russian defense minister that any movement of NATO weapons inside Ukraine is considered a legitimate target. Russian forces have been attacking transportation hubs, although those strikes have had no appreciable impact on Ukraine's ability to resupply itself, according to a senior U.S. defense official. And this morning, the New York Times reports the U.S. has provided intelligence that helped the Ukrainians target and kill Russian generals, according to unnamed senior American officials, although the sources declined to say how many generals had been killed as a result of that assistance. NBC has not independently verified those claims, and a National Security Council spokeswoman told the Times in a statement that the battlefield intelligence was not provided to the Ukrainians with the intent to kill Russian generals. It comes as fighting rages on at the besieged steel plant in Mariupol, the last Ukrainian stronghold of the devastated port city. Despite this week's harrowing rescue mission, hundreds of civilians and fighters are still trapped inside. We counted the minutes between each bombing, five minutes, ten minutes, this survivor says. We expected to die any minute. An investigation by the Associated Press now estimates 600 civilians died on March 16th when the Russians bombed the Mariupol theater. The new death toll doubled the original Ukrainian government estimate and the product of a detailed analysis of what happened.
With Russian forces now in control of most of Mariupol, there's no way to know for sure and no way to honor the dead inside the city. With respect to that report about the United States providing Ukraine with intelligence, the New York Times is also reporting, citing officials, that the United States is not providing the Ukrainians with intelligence about the most senior of Russian leaders. This morning, a Kremlin spokesperson was asked about that New York Times report. The spokesperson responded saying, quote, the Russian military is doing everything that is necessary in this situation. Hoda. All right, Aaron McLaughlin, force there in Kiev. Aaron, thank you. Here at home, the big news is a new move by the Federal Reserve to curb skyrocketing inflation and bring prices down for consumers and businesses. As expected, the Fed raised a benchmark interest rate by half a point. So how will it impact your bottom line? Why was Wall Street so happy? NBC's business and tech correspondent Jolene Kent has more on that. Hi, Joe. Good morning. Hey, Savannah, good morning. This is the most aggressive step we've seen yet by the Fed to try to fight inflation, bring down those super high prices that we've been seeing everywhere. And it's one of several actions in the government's attempt to get some relief to families and small businesses struggling to make ends meet. This morning, the price of borrowing money is going up again to help bring everyday prices down. We need to do everything we can to restore stable prices. We'll do it as quickly and effectively as we can. On Wednesday, the Federal Reserve raised the interest rate by half a percentage point, the biggest hike in 22 years. The increase makes borrowing money more expensive, from new mortgages to auto loans to credit card rates. It's designed to cool down consumer demand and curb inflation now at a 40-year high. President Biden trying to address the problem, too, vowing to cut the federal deficit by another $1.5 trillion this year. We reduced federal borrowing and uh, we help combat inflation. Meanwhile, the new rate hike is a mixed bag for small businesses hoping to expand. Nearly a third say they're dealing with inflation by borrowing money on a regular basis. In Oklahoma City, Jeff Reagan's family business makes energy bars. But with rates going up, he says it's harder to get affordable loans to buy equipment and boost production. It puts just even more pressure uh, to not only try and thrive, which is our goal, but really just to survive. In Chicago, restaurant owner Terry Evans welcomes anything that lowers inflation after surging costs forced her to raise menu prices. But now she worries higher rates may cause her customers to cut back even more on dining out. It does present cause and concern for me that our business could potentially start to dip based on the fact that people are going to have to change their buying habits. Now, experts say with the ongoing Russia-Ukraine conflict and supply chain issues out of China, don't expect your food and energy prices to come down anytime soon. As for recession fears, Fed Chair Powell says there's, quote, nothing to suggest that we are close to that with unemployment so low. He also ruled out raising rates more than half a point at a time uh, in the coming rate hikes, and that sent the stock market soaring yesterday. They like that news a lot. And no doubt the Fed will be watching tomorrow's jobs report for April very closely. Savannah. Hey. Jolene Kent, thank you very much. Appreciate it. 715. Let's bring in Craig. We've got a lot of weather news. Oh, it's a lot of severe weather. Hoda, Savannah, good morning. Good morning to you as well. Multiple tornadoes sweeping across Texas and Oklahoma Wednesday, causing widespread damage. In fact, take a look at this dramatic video from Seminole County. This is near Oklahoma City. And you can see an explosion coming from the power lines there. That truck manages to swerve to avoid the sparks elsewhere. A sea of debris blowing across the roadway, buildings ripped to pieces by the powerful winds. Some structures, as you can see there, 
completely flattened by those storms. Others with their roofs ripped off. Thankfully, no reports of any injury, serious injuries this morning in Oklahoma. Yeah, unfortunately, the beat goes on this mm -hmm. morning. Al joins us. Severe weather threat is continuing. Yeah, not just for tornadoes, but for heavy flooding as well. Let's take a look. Good morning, everybody. We are looking at flash flood watches and warnings throughout the central plains. Already, we're seeing very heavy rain falling, an additional three to four inches of rain this morning, and the risk of severe weather extends for the next five days. For today, 20 million people in enhanced risk from Little Rock to Lufkin. We move into tomorrow, where we've got 33 million people at risk, especially from Norfolk on into Mobile. We move into Saturday, 1 million people in the Central Plains. And then Monday, stretching from much of Minnesota on into Iowa, we're looking at severe weather as well. For today, we're looking at this flood risk due to excessive rain, saturated soil. We look at storms from Arkansas to Texas. Tomorrow, soaking rains moving into the mid-Atlantic states, down into the Gulf Coast, and the southeast as well. And then Saturday, the storm system moves off the Virginia coast. Strong winds, rain, and cooler temperatures make their way into the northeast and mid-Atlantic. Dallas on into the Mississippi River Valley, three, two to three inches of rain. Heavy rain making its way into the northeast and the northern Ohio River Valley on into parts of north, uh, southern New England. And that's your latest weather. Guys. Al, you're our world, tra world traveler. You were in Hawaii two days ago. Aloha. <laughs> what time zone are you on right now? I'm on the today time. <laughs> all right, let's go. I'm here, baby. He's, right. he's yeah. on all the time zones. Al, Thanks, thank Al. you. Good to have you back. Coming up, what we are now learning about the suspect behind that attack on Dave Chappelle during his comedy set at the Hollywood Bowl and the urgent new calls to improve security to better protect performers. Plus, the impact of inflation on things you buy every day. Have you noticed this? There are fewer chips in the bag. There are smaller rolls of toilet paper. Jeez. Vicky Wynn has everything you need to know about shrink Inflation. But first, this is today on NBC. <laughs> Resist the Tell her about the show. I know. Scary. I know. No, it's coming. You knew it. Back 7:30 Thursday morning, 5th of May, 2022. There's a good crowd out there. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're a Plaza fan, Ooh. we have a huge announcement coming your way. <laughs> huge, big, yeah, so big. It's our concert series. Trust us, you do not want to miss what we are going to reveal about who will take the stage right Perhaps there in two weeks. Perhaps the biggest act we've had since BTS. Okay. Don't give it away, though. I'm, you're I'm, making no, me nervous. No, I'm not going to give yeah. it away. By the way, these people who came to see our show today have no idea how lucky they are just to be yeah. here for this they announcement. They should actually just stay for the next two weeks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, let's get a check of our 7.30 headlines. Donald Trump Jr., the eldest son of the former president, testified this week before the January 6th committee. The two-hour interview took place on Tuesday over video conference. He's one of nearly 1,000 witnesses who've gone before lawmakers investigating the Capitol riot. Trump's sister Ivanka sat down with the committee for eight hours last month. Now to a major settlement involving the company behind TurboTax. Intuit will pay $141 million to customers across the country who were deceived by misleading promises of free tax filing services. The company will also suspend its free, free, free advertising campaign that lured customers with the promise of free tax preparation, but then asked them to pay. Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones was involved in a car accident Wednesday night. Jones was taken to a Dallas hospital as a precautionary measure this morning. He is said to be back home and doing just fine. It is not known at this point if Jones was driving the car or was just a passenger. All right. Also this morning, we have new details on that shocking onstage attack of comedian Dave Chappelle. Yeah, he's now released a brief statement about the altercation while the suspect who's being held on bail 
is facing assault charges. NBC's Gotti Schwartz is on the story for us. Gotti, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Yeah, a lot of people are asking how that suspect, 23-year-old Isaiah Lee, was able to smuggle a weapon past security and metal detectors at L.A.'s iconic Hollywood Bowl. Authorities have not yet revealed a motive, but the suspect's brother tells Rolling Stone Lee suffers from mental health issues. Make some noise for hip-hop history. Just seconds after being attacked by a member of the audience, Dave Chappelle was back on his feet and back to making jokes. Thank God that was clumsy. In eyewitness video obtained by TMZ, the suspect can be seen surrounded by security. Chappelle's close friend Jamie Foxx also on stage. Whenever you're in trouble, Jamie Foxx will show up in a sheriff's hat. Comedian Tehran was also nearby as the suspect approached. If it wasn't for his clumsiness and Dave Chappelle's prowess, something worse could have happened. The suspect, 23-year-old Isaiah Lee, appeared bloody and bruised before being booked on suspicion of felony assault with a deadly weapon. He's back there getting stomped. Police say Lee was carrying this replica gun with a bayonet-style blade. Hollywood Unit, suspect 2301 of Highland Avenue with Hollywood Bowl. The suspect's brother telling Rolling Stone Lee suffers from mental health issues and has been in and out of homeless shelters. Despite jokes later cracked on stage by Chris Rock and others. Was that Will Smith? Industry professionals say the attack shows the need for improved security measures to protect performers. It's almost like a Secret Service kind of type of uh, awareness you might need to have because we've seen so many examples of how quickly things can escalate and how quickly somebody can get to the stage. The company that manages the Hollywood Bowl is saying in a statement, the safety of our artists, visitors, and staff is our top priority. While Netflix, which sponsored the comedy festival where the attack occurred, saying, we strongly defend the right of stand-up comedians to perform on stage without fear of violence. Confrontations like this 2018 incident at a comedy club in South Carolina have become more common in recent years, according to club owners and comedians like Tehran, who says the shared connections between performers and audiences needs to be preserved. This is a safe space not only for the comedians on stage, but for the audience as well. And it means everything for this to remain a safe space. Now, Chappelle's representative says the comedian wants his four-night run at the Bowl to be remembered for more than just one ugly incident, writing, the performances by Chappelle at the Hollywood Bowl were epic and record-breaking, and he refuses to allow last night's incident to overshadow the magic of this historic moment. Guys, All right, Gotti, thank you very much. When we come back this morning, a noticeable issue if you are paying close attention, and it's tied to that soaring inflation. Yeah, Vicki wins on it. She's exploring some ways that some businesses, from beauty to fast food, are passing their rising costs on to you. You're getting less for what you're paying for. But first, these messages. We're back 738. Today's consumer as inflation rises. It is no secret that consumers are getting less bang for their buck mm -hmm. these days. In some cases, a lot less. Uh, you're getting a lot less of what you do pay for. Yeah, NBC senior consumer investigative correspondent Vicki Wynn joins us with what we need to know about shrinkflation. Hey, Vicki. It's a thing. Good morning. It is affecting everything from the grocery aisles to the fast food menu. Companies like to use this tactic because often we consumers, we don't even notice. So this morning, we are expanding your knowledge and showing you what to look for. From housing and gas to clothing and home goods, record high inflation has impacted all of that and a bag of chips. 
Feeling the economic crunch, one expert says makers of popular snacks like Doritos, sun-made raisins, Chobani yogurt, as seen on this website, now give you less for the same amount of money. None of those brands responded to our request for comment, but market watchers believe it's a sign of growing inflation. Shrinkflation is a real thing. How do you define it? Manufacturers can either raise the price of an item or they can give you less. So when they give you less, that's called downsizing or shrinkflation. It's a sneaky way to pass on a price increase. Ed Dworsky, founder and editor of Consumer World, says shrinkflation has existed since the days of the five cent candy bar. I've never seen it as bad as it is now. We're having product after product that are downsizing. Where are we seeing the most shrinkflation? Well, where are we not seeing it? Paper products traditionally have been one of the big categories where we're seeing downsizing happen. I can't spare a square. This classic Seinfeld scene possibly becoming a reality. Dworsky says Cottonelle Mega Rolls now come with 312 one-ply sheets instead of 340, which amounts to an entire roll now gone from each package. Kimberly Clark, the maker of Cottonelle, did not respond to our request for comment on the alleged change. Also making Dworsky's updated list, miracle Grow, Gatorade, and personal care items like Dove Body Wash. But the companies behind each of these products telling NBC News inflation is not behind any changes to their packaging. Gatorade saying its change to a 28-ounce bottle was part of a years-long ergonomic plan to phase out the 32-ounce container. But at the drive-thru, consumers seeing real change. Burger King announced it would reduce the number of chicken nuggets in a meal from 10 pieces to 8. And with beef prices up 16% from last year, the fast food giant also putting its signature burger out to pasture, removing the Whopper from its value menu. How does this add up for the average consumer when it comes to the household goods they buy? We're seeing some items being, in essence, increased by 10% in cost because you're getting 10% less, sometimes 12% less. Multiply that times the number of items you buy, and that's really going to hit your pocketbook. Dworsky says many are shifting to store brands, which are often the last to downsize, and that has household names like Clorox and Kraft taking notice. Both companies have introduced new products to compete, and Clorox says it will also increase promotions if cheaper brands keep ending up in carts. When it comes to finding the best deal, Dworsky says use unit pricing to compare different brands and sizes, switch brands or buy store brands if they're cheaper, and use coupons to shop, make a meal plan, and stick to your shopping list to stay on budget. Hell no, I'm angry. Uh, <laughs> so, Vic, but help us understand this. Why wouldn't the company just, like, instead of shrinking the product, just jack up the prices? Why not do that? Well, the experts say and the research shows that we as consumers were so much more sensitive to price increases. You know, when yeah. that box of cookies is $5 instead of 4 uh, we notice we're not so much in tune with the net weight mm -hmm, of something mm -hmm. or the cost per unit. So when they shrink that product, it's a way for companies to save without spooking us, the consumer. I noticed it buying yeah. some sunscreen mm -hmm. last week. This, yeah, the bottle used Skinny. to be this, now it's this. The yeah. price is the same. Yep, exactly. Shrinkflation oh, yeah. everywhere. Strikes again. Thank you, Thank Vicky. You, Al. Rook would probably appreciate it. Yeah. Did you see the Seinfeld clip in there? I did. Square to spare? Yeah. That's right, yeah. exactly. Well, we've got, in a way, kind of another Seinfeld. You, you talk about double dip? Well, we've got a triple dip. <laughs> we've got a La Nina three-peat. Sea surface temperatures out in the Pacific for the third year in a row. Three consecutive years. The equatorial Pacific waters are much cooler than average. What 
What does that mean for us? Well, out west, it means drought and fire. More, more likely that will happen. Enhanced springtime severe weather. We've already seen that uh, over the last several, several weeks. And an active Atlantic hurricane season. So we're going to be tracking all that, the, all those La Nina impacts. And it's only the third time this has happened since 1950. From 73 to 75, 98 to 2000, one of the strongest events of the last three years. For today, we're looking at warmer than average temperatures. Atlanta, you're going to be near 90 degrees today, 91 in Charleston, 88 degrees in New Orleans, but cooler in Chicago, North Platte, Kansas City, and Dodge City. And then tomorrow, cooler than average for New York, D.C., Charlotte. You're a little warmer, but still chilly across the Great Lakes. And as we get on into this weekend, temperatures do start to warm up a bit, especially in time for Mother's Day. And that is your latest weather, guys. All right, Al, Thanks, thank Al. you. Coming up next, Amber Heard on the stand for the first time at her trial with ex-husband Johnny Depp. Her stunning courtroom claims and why she called it the most difficult thing she's ever done. That's right after this. We're back with Carson. We're also back with the latest from the high-profile trial involving Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Yeah, the former married couple suing each other for tens of millions of dollars and exchanging disturbing allegations. NBC's Emily Aketa is here with more. Emily, good morning. Carson, good morning. Amber Heard was on the stand for several hours yesterday, emotionally recounting her allegations of abuse by ex-Johnny Depp, including one incident where she says he allegedly threatened to take her life. Heard calling the experience the most painful and difficult thing she's ever gone through. I said, Johnny, you hit me. You just hit me. In graphic detail, an emotional Amber Heard describing in court her whirlwind romance and marriage to A-list actor Johnny Depp, their relationship budding in 2011 after filming a movie together. But she testified things quickly spiraled out of control. That was the love of my life. He was also this other thing. And that other thing was awful. The 36-year-old actress telling the court she was physically and sexually abused by Depp. He's like grabbing my, my, my breasts, he's touching my thighs, um, he rips my underwear off, proceeds to do a cavity search. He, was looking, he said he was looking for his drugs. Heard said the abuse was often fueled by drugs and alcohol. Her lawyer sharing this 2013 photo of lines of cocaine. They also showed the jury this image where Heard's arm appears to be bruised. He grabbed me by the arm um, and he kind of just held me on the floor screaming at me. Um, I don't know how many times he hit me in the face. Heard also describing a scene in which she said Depp held a pet dog out of a moving car. And... He's howling like, like an animal while holding the dog out of the window. The Aquaman actress taking the stand for the first time in the $50 million defamation lawsuit filed by her ex-husband. Over a 2018 op-ed she wrote for the Washington Post, describing herself as a public figure representing domestic abuse. The article never mentioned Depp by name, but his lawyers say it clearly referenced him and cost him big-ticket acting jobs. Several years earlier, Heard, who is counter-suing Depp for $100 million, was granted a protective order after telling the court he repeatedly hit her. Depp denied those allegations when he testified last month. Never struck Miss Heard. Um, I've never struck a woman in my life. 
Johnny Depp has argued for weeks that he is the victim of domestic abuse. We'll hear more from Amber Heard today, who is expected to take the stand again before she is cross-examined by Depp's legal team. Certainly a case that has captured so many people's attention. Yeah. It sure has. All right, Emily. Thank, Thank you. you. Emily, thanks for that. Appreciate it. All right, coming up on Popstar Gang, you know the folks at Popstar love any news on Top Gun? Oh, yes. It's yeah. been long enough. Three years this movie's supposed to come out. Mm -hmm. Coming up, we're going to take you inside. They finally had the world premiere. And that is how, well, it's no surprise, that's how Tom Cruise showed up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll give you the details on him flying himself. Coming up next, your 8 o'clock hour. We left the engine on.